now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. And welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Joining me tonight, as always, Garrett Price. How you doing, Garrett? Good. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Shevin Nooney, how are you? Doing great, guys. How's it going? Well, pretty good now that you got a new battery in your car, so we're all good to go. I'll tell you what. I just have to look at the car now and it starts. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I'm, I'm definitely in love with this new battery. <laughs> Three-year warranty. They only last for about two years in Arizona, so we're looking real good. Bro, this battery gave you superpowers? Bro, like I'm talking Christian McCaffrey strength, like I'm feeling myself. Then I take Tyreek Hill speed, by the way. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, we use a recording software called Cast, and so technically, since I'm the host of the show, I host it as well. And when the guys log on, they can change their name as they see fit. So tonight, Shevin decided to put his name as Tyreek Hill. So it's going to be a struggle for me to get through this podcast and look at that and not laugh. So (laughs) just bear with me, everybody. Um, Got a good show for you guys tonight. I don't know about great. I'll let you tell us on Twitter how great it was. We're going to be going over a lot of training camp and preseason news and notes. And we're doing listener questions. We got two pages of listener questions here. So uh, we're going to get through all that. So we're just going to kind of jumble everything together. So let's start off. uh, What do you guys want to talk about first? Antonio Brown or Ezekiel Elliott? Ooh, I I think the Antonio Brown news is the most, like, recent. So I think it's in the forefront of everybody's mind. So let's talk about that first. All right, we're going to start there. Um, so I'm sure everyone has seen his disgusting feet. Ew. Um, it turns out that that was from a cyrogenic chamber that he used for some sort of, uh, let's see, it was a cyrotherapy machine. Uh, that is frostbite from that, which I didn't know that could happen. <laughs> so there's no timetable for his return. But then on top of that... I also have uh, that as of today, first, the Raiders were unaware of Antonio Brown's whereabouts. Then they were told he would, and I quote, return soon. Now he is threatening to retire if he can't wear the helmet he wants. So all the drama did not stay in Pittsburgh. It looks like it went out to Oakland. Guys, I really, I don't even know what to say about this guy. Aside from I'm going to go out to Oakland and I'm going to kick his ass <laughs> if he does not get it together. <laughs> I feel like everybody was waiting for that. <laughs> Bro, how do you feel that you're now known as, like, the violent person? Well, then people will just meet me and be like, oh, he's actually a really nice guy. Either that or you'll start fighting them. Well, they'll hit me once and I'll be like, come on, man, I got a kid at home. <laughs> He'll be like, you didn't wash that shirt before you put it on? <laughs> <laughs> so you got to watch out for Mike, guys. Be careful when you beat this dude. Uh... Speaking of which, there are plenty of shirts available. Feel free to DM me on Twitter. We'll get you set up. So, uh, but aside from that, what, what I don't even understand this. Like the helmets, they re- they have to pass strict regulations for safety. Obviously, we don't want to see a lot of people getting concussions. What is AB's deal? I thought I thought he was a new man. He didn't he say something like that or what? What is he doing? 
I know he's the greatest Buffalo Bills wide receiver of all time. Did you see that shirt that they came out with? Yeah, never, never forget. And they had the <laughs> buffalo with like the, the blonde stash and the. Oh, I, I kind of want one. I'm not gonna lie. I I legitimately almost bought one. I'm I'm still contemplating it. I might. Um, but look, here's the thing. At this point, like his value has absolutely tanked. Um, and and I'm I feel good saying that because I don't I don't own him anywhere. But his value has absolutely tanked because at this point, let's go back and remember that he said that he would be willing – like he doesn't need the game anymore. He said that a few months ago when when uh, he was looking to get traded. So, I mean, like there was a small part of him that was saying like, yo, I could retire before all this. Now you add in the the uh, disgruntled nature about this helmet, all the jacked up stuff with his feet. Like I would not be shocked if he just up and retired and said, screw it, I don't want to play football anymore and focused on his other ventures or whatever like that genuinely would not surprise me and so i mean at this point if you own him the the value of antonio brown uh has completely tanked and i apologize he should apologize to you mike will fight him on your behalf it's it's a bad it's a bad situation we could do a tag team thing like we could do the dynasty rewind versus tyreek hill and antonio brown do we just fight all wide receivers yeah. Well, they're the divas of the NFL, so I guess so. It's true. They need to be taught a lesson. <laughs> I I just I I don't know where this guy's head at. And I mean, none of us really do. We I don't know if we've ever have, but like to go get frostbite on your feet from a machine. I don't know if he didn't have the proper footwear on or what. I mean, that just seems silly to me. Uh, I was I saw a guy that's on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but they said it kind of looks like trench foot. And I mean, I don't know how likely it is, but, I mean, that is just absolutely disgusting either way. So, um, But this guy has gone bonkers. I mean, ever since the blonde mustache, I, I feel like you couldn't trust him. So hopefully hopefully he plays this season just for you fantasy owners that have him. Um, but I'm sorry, definitely. Well, you know, I know where his head is. It's in the clouds. He came in in that uh, hot air balloon to training camp, if you guys remember that. Mm-hmm. So um, he's a whack job. We could say that for sure. All right, so let's talk about Zeke now. Um, it was said that he will not return without a deal. But on that note, uh, Dak also said that Tony Pollard is one of the most exciting players in camp. So I know camp speak is kind of not important, but at the same point with a situation like this, it is. Um, I think I mentioned it. I did write an article about Tony Pollard. A while back, I was high on him before the draft. He's a very explosive player, and he's very versatile too. Receiving, rushing, great on special teams. So a combination of Pollard and somebody else is not going to be as good as Ezekiel Elliott, but with as good as that offensive line is, it could work. What do you guys think about Zeke? No comment. I know you you're uh, you have a lot of Zeke shares, so I I know this one hurts you, but uh, Garrett, thoughts? Yeah, I I mean I do like Tony Pollard as well. I do think he's a talented player, uh, and I do think it could be uh, a similar situation to what happened with Le'Veon Bell last year, where you know James Conner stepped in, did really well. I think Pollard could do somewhat of the same type of thing behind that offensive line now that line's not as good as it, it was two three years ago uh, but it is still a very good offensive line 
ultimately, though, with, with him and Gordon both, with Zeke and Gordon both, there's just not really, based on the way that their contracts are structured, it doesn't really benefit them to miss the entire season. I would not be shocked if both of them missed some time, but I would be very, very surprised if they both missed the entire season, um, if either one missed the entire season. So I think you're going to get something out of out of Zeke, but how much, it's, it's really, really hard to say. And then when you've missed that much time, when you come back, you know, how – how good a shape are you in? Are you caught up on all the, the new uh, little nuances in the playbook? I mean, there's there's just a lot there's a lot that could be missing there. And so it's a really unfortunate situation. And it's, it's weird because usually at this time of year we're talking about, you know, all the injuries that are, um, you know, killing guys. And, and, and there is a few of those. But more so this year, it's, it's more about the drama more than anything else. I mean, you have three first-round players, well – first and second round players between Gordon um, Zeke and uh, Antonio Brown that all three of them legitimately could not be playing week one and it would not be a surprise. So at what point do the NFL team owners and just the NFL themselves say, you know, what? enough is enough. We, we can't constantly give in to everybody's demands. You know what you're up for when you sign up to play in the NFL and when you sign your contract. You know what you're doing. So is it your fault? Is it your agent's fault? I don't know. Chef, do you want to say anything about Zeke, or do you want to move on because I know you're hurting here? No, I mean, I think I got Tony Pollard in the third round in our, our rookie draft that we did. So, I mean, if you guys are able to get him in that late in the draft, I mean, that's definitely great value. I don't know who's all going around that time, but, I mean, to get Tony Pollard that could possibly be – a running back for a starting running back for a team. I mean that that's incredible value to have in the third round. I mean usually you're drafting guys in the first or second round with that, but uh, to get that uh, that uh, that throw in the dark kind of pick, I don't even know if I said that right, but to get that kind of value that late, I think that could be big time. I know it's definitely gonna be hard to do now that all this news is coming out, but if you did before, congrats on that. That's big time. I mean I did say I love Pollard. Uh, hated the landing spot just because of who he was behind, and that mm-hmm. could all be different now. So speaking of running backs, let's go head up north to Buffalo. Devin Singletary has been getting steady first-team reps, but LaShawn McCoy has been told he is the guy. Is he the guy in Buffalo or somewhere else? Chev, do you, do you think he might get traded, cut? I mean, there's, there's definitely a chance he could get traded um, now that – um, Duke Johnson is now in Houston. I mean that that kind of takes that air or that uh, that team away. So I mean, that was my couple... next news oh. snippet, by the way. Dun, 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 dun. That's okay. <laughs> but um, I mean, I that that whole backfield's a little murky right now. You don't really know who's going to be the starter. Um, so I mean, as preseason plays out, we're going to find out who they want to roll with at the very end. So uh, we'll definitely see how it plays out. Um, I mean, Devin Singletary, he's a good talent. Um, and everybody else there is decently old, so we'll see. I, I would like to say that I think I'm older than all of the running backs in Buffalo, so they're not that old, Shevin. Um, <laughs> so, um, Are you older than Frank Gore? How old is he? I want to say he's 35. Okay, I'm 34, so then I'm Hey-o. Hey. Still got a chance. Yay. Hey, you still got a shot at the league. That's what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Lace up the I think you'd be suspended the whole season for fighting, though. For so. fighting, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe you should play hockey. 
There we go. There <laughs> yeah, we but go. those guys would kick my ass. Um, hey, let's <laughs> let's go to a listener question now. Unless uh, Garrett, did you have anything to add to the Buffalo running back situation aside from it's kind of garbage? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I'm not I'm not investing in any piece. Uh, I didn't love Singletary's tape um, as much as other people did coming out. So I'm not thrilled uh, about trying to acquire him. I did snatch him up crazy late in the Scott Fish Bowl. Um, so, I mean, I would be totally fine if he develops into something. But I'm even if it, if it becomes his job, I don't see that, you know, RB1 ceiling like I see with some of the other, you know, David Montgomery's, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. I think those guys could – could eventually be RB1s if everything works out. I just don't see that for Singletary. All right. Uh, let's go to our first listener question of the night. This is from Corey J, and he's at underscore CJ13 underscore. In IDP leagues, how do you figure out value for defensive players used in trades? Do you guys want to talk about this, or you want me to take the IDP That's question? That's a mic question. Yeah, all Mike, right. that's all you. I mean, when I was drafting, my team sucked, so I basically just took the best player available. So, I mean, that was basically defense for me. But trading-wise, I'm so lost. So, for me, uh, this is all about knowing the person that you're trading with and knowing the league. Um, obviously, you want to get the best part of any deal always want to try to try to win the trade if you can um, but just basically look at rankings I always try to use rankings ADP and it's really hard I, I think it's hard when you do positions in you know you're comparing a wide receiver to a running back so comparing a running back to a linebacker or a defensive back is even harder typically if you're trading a defensive player for an offensive player it's going to be the defensive player plus um, that being said if you're you know, if it's a guy like Devin Singletary and he's you're trading Singletary and you want Cleo Mack, it was probably going to be Singletary plus. Um, so I would just keep your eyes on rankings, keep your eyes on ADP, and try to go from there. Hopefully that I'll, helped. Uh, I'll, I'll add one, one little nuance to this. Um, IDP scoring uh, affects it a lot too. Yes, um, I forgot that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I only play in two or three IDP leagues, so I don't, I don't play in a ton. Um, but even in the, those leagues, I have some leagues where a sack's worth one and I have leagues where a sack's worth like two and a half points. So that varies a lot. Um, you know, as far as like how much, uh, a player's worth in trading for, for them or trading them away. Yeah. They're, um, I know John Glosser who heads the IDP team at dynasty nerds. He's kind of trying to think of a standardized scoring system for IDP players across the board. And the way that it's kind of tiered is basically linemen, uh, they're going to score a little bit higher as far as tackles and sacks count more because they generally aren't as productive. And then the linebacker and defensive back scoring is going to be toned down a little bit. So uh, Garrett does have a great point. Check your scoring settings. So how about before we go back into news, we do another question. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. This is from Stephen Warbington. How many more years of elite production can we expect from Kelsey and Ertz? Um, so I'm a Kelsey owner in my home league. And for me, I'm probably looking at maybe two to three more years uh, just because he's he – has a history of these surgeries at the end of the season or getting injured or concussions and stuff like that. So I think he can be uh, super effective for the next two to three years. Uh, for me, 
Um, if he's doing great in the season and you can get great value by trading him, if you have a backup rookie that's doing great, I mean, if you have Goddard or uh, Ian Thomas maybe or uh, Hawkinson, I would definitely try to possibly trade Kelsey uh, and get great value back at, for him before his time's up in the league. So, I mean, um, I do love Kelsey. He's an amazing player, um, but I think probably two to three years uh, left for him. But, I mean, I could be wrong. At this point for me, I'm looking at it on a year-by-year basis. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm acquiring Kelsey, I am an absolute win now. I think my team uh, should win the ship, and maybe my only weak spot is tight end. Um, that's the only way I'm acquiring him. Because for this, ex- for this season, I expect him to be tight end one. But I'm not trusting anything after the season. He's already, uh, what is he, is he 29 or 30? Um, I think he's 29. Okay, yeah. so he's 29 this year. Um, and, and we've seen uh, some guys be able to do it for a long time, uh, but there's not too many that have been able to, uh, into their 30s, uh, be able to be super productive. Uh, you have some, some rare cases, uh, but, but even you know his, his most comparable player is Rob Gronkowski um, in so many different ways, partially also with you know constantly being banged up little things here and there, mm-hmm. and with how physical Kelsey plays, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, at some point he does hit a wall it's a great offense i think he'll be amazing for this year but if i get anything more than one year i'm i'm considering all that gravy so it's really truly a year-by-year basis for me that being said um the the one thing that separates the two they're both very talented uh tight ends and they both have very good quarterbacks but kelsey does not have dallas goddard breathing down his neck like Ertz does. Oh, and yeah, I forgot to I don't, talk about Ertz. I don't know if you guys saw Goddard last night, but he was a machine. And oh. he he looked great with a backup quarterback, who did have surgery today, by the way. Um, I thought Nate Sudfeld would know how to get tackled at this point in his career, but he did have a broken wrist, so he's out for six mm-hmm. weeks. Um, so everybody in Philadelphia is panicking now because our backup quarterback's out. Uh, but that being said, so uh, that is just one thing to think about. Kelsey has no one really behind him. Ertz does. So I think the elite production could be there a little bit longer for Kelsey. So back to news and notes. Um, here's one kind of a no-brainer. Hawkinson's running with the first-team offense. What? I, yeah, I know. I was kind of surprised about that. Um, <laughs> so an interesting – I'm just going to move right on. I just thought that was kind of funny. So Jarek McKinnon has been activated from the pup list. However, he does have a setback, some soreness in his knees, so they're going to shut him down for a little bit. Uh, there's a possibility that he starts the season on injured reserve and comes back, I think it's eight weeks, correct? I think that's right. Okay, so um, maybe there's a little bit of clarity for right now with the 49ers running back situation. Is it Matt Breda or is it Tevin Coleman? I mean, it kind of narrows things down a little bit here, I think. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it – I mean, those are the two guys that I liked more. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I'm a big Burita truther. Uh, I think the guy is super talented. He he also does get a little bit banged up from time to time, so that is something to keep an eye on. But uh, I think this is going to work out real well. Reports are, too, that they've been using Burita all over the field. Um, so I think he's – I think he's going to be a really interesting uh, – like almost like a baseball utility player. I could see them doing a lot of different creative things with him. I think Tevin Coleman will be your more traditional uh, running back in this in the set. And I think in a Shanahan offense, 
if both guys are used well, I think both could be valuable players. And I would not be shocked to see them both be low-end RB2s by the end of the season. Yeah, and the value you can get Breda at right now is pretty ridiculous. I mean, it he's really a guy is. that that you can, like you said, he can be a utility player for that offense. And, I mean, I mean Shanahan's got a great offensive mind. So, I mean, getting that guy late in your draft, that would be big time for you, even if you don't ever use him. I mean, it could be trade bait later in the season that somebody needs a back. I mean, definitely great value for um, where you're drafting him at right now. Oh, sorry, I was spacing out for a minute there. I do apologize. <laughs> I was actually looking something up. Um, so you guys were talking about the Shanahan offense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? What about the Shanahan defense taking a big hit today? Uh, well, this week, Nick Bosa to miss the entire preseason with a significant ankle sprain. Are the Bosa's just injury prone? This seems to be a thing with them. Garrett, you're the Ohio State fan. Let's, let's go to you first. Yeah, I mean, they they uh, they do seem to get banged up uh, a little more than, uh, than your average player. But when they're on the field, man, are they productive. So... Uh, if you can be if you can be that good when you're on the field, you can put up with a, a little bit of uh, missed time here and there. But it is a bummer. Uh, that is a very valuable time for a rookie to have. Uh, but I I still anticipate him being an absolute monster uh, at, in the NFL. So I don't I don't see this as like a, a a giant detriment to his entire career. He just might start off slightly slower than he would have otherwise. Yeah, I think didn't. Joey was he held out of his first training camp, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. yeah. But then he was injured on top of that too, wasn't he? As Correct. well. Yeah, Correct. so at least Nick is is showing up there. Um what do you guys think? Want to do some more listener questions real quick? Oh, yeah, yep. for sure. Okay, have you guys ever done an auction draft? I have not. Yes. I have not. I have. Okay, so then Garrett, this one's going to be for you. This is from yeah, Dr. Is. Matthew H. Mitchell. Ooh, what the doctor. The doctor, yeah. I don't know his Twitter name. I'm not going to try. Um, he explained it to me once, and then I forgot it. So, sorry. <laughs> um, what is your strategy when approaching a startup auction draft? Let's say it is Superflex and tight end premium. So, for me, I love to try to set the market. Uh, so, I'm typically really, really aggressive in the beginning. Um, now, I have my, my cheat sheet of you know roughly what the values are of players um but people usually are hesitant in the very beginning because they're like "Ah, i don't want to spend too much i don't want to blow my budget right away so guys are usually hesitant so you're typically going to get your best deals in the very beginning and then after the first five guys go ten guys go then uh you see the prices start to go up then i usually chill a little bit more i kind of hang back um let kind of that second third tier go a little bit more and then towards the end then i'm much more aggressive again um so that's something i like to do um i also like to throw out players because in auction style drafts you get to nominate a player and that's how people um, start bidding on them so some do it based on who won the last bid others it's uh, based on you know you take turns putting a player out there so each one's a little bit different but uh, a lot of times i like to put a player out there that I don't necessarily want, but I think is going to go for a high dollar mark. And so that way people start bidding, 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 using their money up on a player that I have no desire to get. So that'll save, um, they'll have less money later when it's a player that I actually want. That is absolutely genius. 
<laughs> well, of course it is. Garrett said it. Come on. Yeah, I've always wondered kind of how how that works. Do just random person say, "Oh, uh, Tyree Kill"? Like I, I've always wondered how you guys chose which person was next and stuff like that. So that that's actually pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, it's fun. It takes forever, oh, yeah. uh, but it's really fun. It's a, if you haven't done one, I highly recommend doing one at some time because it's a very different way to to play Dynasty. Because mm-hmm. you know if you're if you're doing a snake draft startup, if if you're like, man, I really, really want uh, both, uh, let's say it's a super flex, I really want both Mahomes and Baker Mayfield. Well, you're probably not going to get both of those guys because they're both going to go in the first round. Yep. But here, if you want to put a bunch of your money toward both those guys and get two first-round picks, basically, that's fine. You might have a little less money for other things later, but you can kind of structure your team exactly the way that you want it versus being handcuffed by, oh, dude, that guy got sniped right in front of me. You don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about that. You have every opportunity to go get a player. You just might have to pay more than you were wanting to or or whatever. So it's a a fun way to play. Are you able to do that um, like on Sleeper or does it have to be like live? Um, I know know you can do it on on MFL. Mm -hmm. I have not done one on Sleeper yet, so I'm not sure yet. That would be interesting. So that is a good segue right here. I could give a listener league update. Um, speaking of Sleeper, who, by the way, I think they are one of the best uh, platforms out there for doing fantasy on. They always respond when you tweet at them or send them messages. So uh, yeah, the great. question I had for them was, is there any way I could start a league and just commission it? There is. Uh, there is. You could do that now. Um, so we're going to be getting the listener league started soon. I talked to them earlier that this week. They said it's going to be either this week or next um, so I just have to get that set up and then I will get in touch with everybody that's in the listener league and we'll choose the time to get it started. It's not going to be a super quick draft. It's going to be a quote unquote slow draft, but it is redraft. So it shouldn't be dynasty startup slow. Um, so we're going to get that going. I do apologize. Work's been a little hectic for me. Um, so next question, got another one from Corey J. He wants to know, what's your advice on when to hold and when to get rid of players who have not lived up to expectations, either through injuries or overall production? I'm just going to say, for me, if I can't figure a guy out, like when he's going to be hurt, when he's going to play, I don't know what to do with him, I get rid of him as soon as I can. What do you guys think? So this last season, I had the hardest time getting rid of Josh Gordon like I literally followed this dude's Twitter, Facebook, everything, just, like, see what's going on with this dude. And I basically just followed his life, like, the whole offseason last year. And I was like, bro, like, I can't, I, can't let go, I can't let go of this guy. If he comes back and he's a stud, I would definitely regret it. Um, if he drinks or smokes weed again, I'm definitely going to regret it. So, like, it puts you in a hard spot. But once he came back and he played decently well with the Patriots, I was like, okay. It's, it's, it's finally time to let go of Josh Gordon. And I felt terrible. I think I was texting Garrett about it. I was like, bro, I, I'm getting rid of Josh Gordon. And uh, it felt awful, but, like, getting value out of him, and now he's not in the league right now. So, I mean, you just got to find the great time to get rid of them if you don't want to hold on to them. He did apply for reinstatement, though, so who knows. Yeah. Garrett, any thoughts? Uh. No, I mean, it's – oh, well, 
Okay, I went to go talk about <laughs> specifically Josh Gordon, and I didn't, wa- I didn't want to talk about Josh Gordon as a Brown fan. But then I remembered the original question. So I do have a thought on the original question, not on Josh Gordon. It hurts <laughs> okay, my heart. Okay, good. Um, okay, now that I got my thoughts recollected. All right, so it's, it's tough to give. I think, I think I accidentally started to answer this question on Twitter, and he was like, uh, this is actually for the show. I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. That's <laughs> I think great. you're right, yeah. Yeah, I think this is the one. So, so I, feel, I feel obligated now on the show. Uh, to talk about it, uh, for me it's it's very uh, it's very case dependent, uh, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's player position dependent. So let's say it's um, let's say it's a running back. Uh, chances are, if they haven't done much and haven't shown me much in the first year, I'm probably selling um, because it's it's more of the exception than the rule. Um, if a player, if a running back doesn't perform at least a some level of, you know, at least mediocrity in their first year, chances are they're not going to do it. However, I feel differently about a lot of the other position groups, you know, tight end, wide receiver. A lot of times it takes a little longer to develop. Same thing with quarterback. So I tend to be a little more patient uh, if it's not a running back. Um, But then it's also dependent on why the player isn't performing up to expectations. Is it because they're just playing poorly? You know, if it's a receiver, are they dropping passes? Are they running crappy routes, blah, blah, blah? Um, or is it, you know, man, he's been banged up. Uh, it's been, you know, fluke injuries versus stuff that you expect to be repeated. Um, so it's it's hard to give a blanket statement as to, like, when's a good time to give up on a guy and when's a good time to try to try to hold on. It's tough to, tough to say it. Um, just in a general sense, but um, when in doubt, if, if a player is not performing and somebody else wants to pay you the value that you got them originally for, then then that's probably the best route to go. There you go. Dump them. Let's go. Um, so let's, uh, there's actually not as many news notes that I thought I had, so let's hammer out some of these listener questions. Got a lot of good ones here. The next one is from Steph Pikachu. And she's at Pokemom, mom with three M's. <laughs> this uh, is I love it. I know. It's awesome. Uh, she might be one of our only female listeners, too. So, hey, Steph, how you doing? I think that by default, that would also make her our most attractive listener as well. Probably. So, Although Tyler is a very handsome man. Uh, but we'll get to him <laughs> later. So, uh, been lots of talk about the top three tight ends. But what's the value of the next tier? OJ, Engram, Henry, compared to the tiers behind them worth the mid-round investment it's tempting to say wait for hooper or vance etc but their ceiling isn't tier two so is tier two worth the buy so i know garrett you got to jump in and defend your boy austin hooper here i mean i know you're definitely going to say he's worth the buy but what do you think about this question well i mean hooper's top tier so i mean he's he's top (laughs) top three he's his Uh, own tier right right uh (laughs) So, once again, it's all about value for me. So, especially if you're in a startup draft, um, if you get to the point on your board where you know the best player available is an Evan Ingram, is an uh, a Henry, is a OJ Howard, you know any of those guys, if that's the best player on your board when it gets to your pick, I have absolutely no problem taking those guys. I think they're all talented players. I do think that there's uh, a good ceiling for them. I'm, I'm a big Hunter Henry guy. So, um, you know, I actually like Evan Ingram quite a bit for this year, too. I'm not sold on Howard specifically. Um, 
and it's not because I don't like the offense or anything. I, I just worry about his health um, and being able to stay healthy. But all of that being said, uh, I have no issue with it as long as the value is there. Um, now, when it comes to trading, you have to look at one: is it a is it a regular uh, scoring league or is it a tight end premium league? Because in tight end premium, you know those guys even become more valuable uh, than the next tier just because of the volume that we expect them to get. So, in tight end premium, I'm willing to reach a little more. However, in in your standard league, I like to personally wait uh, for the most part. Not saying that I won't take one of the top three or I won't take Evan Ingram. Their value just never seems to quite be there for me. So I do end up with a lot of Austin Hoopers, a lot of Dallas Goddards, um, a lot of guys in, in that kind of range. Um, and, and I'll wait for those guys to develop. And I'll put most of my, my capital in the, the wide receiver position specifically, but wide receiver and running back. All right. Um, Chev, anything to add or you want to move on? I think the next question is going to be directed at you. No, like I definitely love Goddard. I've always loved his film. I've loved um, all the big plays that he made in college. I think he just showed that he could be a freak athlete in the NFL too. So I definitely, definitely love him uh, going into this season and the next year. Uh, Another guy to watch out for is Ian Thomas. Uh, We're one injury away from – oh, snap. I'm going to take a lot of – Harsh statements for this because I can't remember. Olsen. Greg Olsen. Because he played for the Bears, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, he's he's, he's known to have injuries. So, I mean, Ian Thomas is a guy that finished the season strong. So, definitely, definitely if you can snag him late in your draft, I mean, he's definitely going to be worth it, I think, if it's not this year, possibly next year. So, I mean, you you got a lot of good young talent that's coming into the league. So, but I do love Evan Ingram, and I definitely love Hunter Henry so much. So, all right, well, this next question is for Shevin. This is from Mike Nooney at Nooner05. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is this? Are you, how are you related to Mike? I'm just curious. This is my pops, man. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah, he's in my home league, bro. <laughs> All right, well, he wants to know. <laughs> well, then you get to answer this question for him. Okay. What picks should I try to get from Mixon if I decide to unload him? I'll tell you, you know what? I think you should trade him to Shevin for like a fifth round draft pick. <laughs> Oh, Seems don't, really don't do that to, to Pops. <laughs> Come on, oh, man. Oh, Mike's the man. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, Chev, uh, you want to take this one? What do you think Pops can get for Joe Mixon? Shoot. He can definitely get multiple first-round picks from me if he ever thought about it. Um, but I mean, knowing his team and knowing where he's at, he's kind of in the middle stage of his – he's, like, in the middle of the league. So, like, he's finishing probably, like, fifth and sixth. Um, but – Somehow this dude pulls off W's like it's nothing. I don't understand. He just somehow finds a way to win. Uh, but for Mixon, I think for him, I think I would just keep him, ride him. Um, he's definitely his main back right now. He's got the number three pick in this draft. So, I mean, he's definitely got some time to find good players. Um, but, I mean, if you're trying to trade Mixon, um, I know a guy that would want him. Well, I think what he should do is draft David Montgomery with that third pick. Hey, hey, I got picked number four. Relax, dog. (laughs) Well, then, Mike, I think you should definitely keep Mixon and go for a one-two Mixon-Montgomery punch because Montgomery's going to be a beast. Listen, I understand that he's family, but, you know, it's it's all about helping our listeners win championships. So from one Mike to another, draft David Montgomery, win the ship this year. (laughs) So beat me. uh, Hell no. (laughs) 
Hey, let's go to the next one. This is, uh, and you know, I always say his name wrong, his last name wrong. It's Rob, I think it's Rob Sony, and he's at Rob Sony NBA. What do you do with the Colts backfield? Just stay away, assuming they draft a guy next year. Um, personally, I like Marlon Mack. Uh, I'm going to try to ride him to a championship this year. He's my RB3, and then I want to move him after the season. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm I'm in a similar boat as you. Um, I, I like Marlon Mack. I think he is uh, adequate running back for the system. However, we know that at least we should know by this point that the the PPR value isn't really there for him. And I feel like it's really been swept under the rug how much this guy's been banged up. So I'm not fully convinced that it's his job in 2020. I think it's more likely than not that it's going to be someone else's job. So uh, if you're not a, you know, what you would consider a top three or four team in your league and you think, you know, I'm absolutely going to win it, I would probably be selling, not because I don't like the player. I do have a couple shares of him, and I think he'll be just fine for this season if he stays healthy. But that's a big if, and this 2020 class is so good that I, I think that his job is going to be in real jeopardy unless he completely balls out this year. All right. um, I'll tell you what, t- the guy that you could possibly go out and get too for a super cheap, I mean, go get his backup, Naheem Hines. I mean – Last season, he put up pretty big numbers for PPR. Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, he had 63 receptions, 425 yards. Like, I'm not telling you that he's going to be an RB1, but if you have a guy that goes down and you need a spot replacement on a bye week, I mean, Naheem Hines could possibly help you out big time. So, I mean, yeah. definitely at his value, I would definitely take a look at him late in drafts. And you're definitely grabbing him late, too, because he's not going to be a high pick, like Chef says. So, mm-hmm. a great bye week starter. Um, so, next question is from Red Icarus, and he's at Icarus underscore Red. If you wanted to trade Dante Pettis straight up for a running back, who would that be and why? And would you rather keep Pettis considering the running backs that are around his value? Well, Pettis is my man crush, so I'm keeping him. But what do you guys think about this? Mm. I mean, I, it, again, this is hard considering you're going from the wide receiver to the running back position, so things are kind of graded a little bit differently. Um, I don't even know who you could get. Like, what would be a fair trade for Pettis straight up running back-wise? I mean, chances are you're probably looking at uh, – my guess is you're probably looking at, like, Mark Arlen Ingram Mack. territory. And in that case, I'd rather keep Pettis. Probably so, um, and, and unless you're a running back away. I mean, if you have an opportunity to win your, win the ship and you really think that one running back is going to be the difference, then I'm fine with that. But then you take the shot, yeah. Right. You, you always take the shot to win it. Um, but as far as, like, team composition, I really like building, building my, my fantasy football team around young wide receivers. So I would be a little bit more hesitant to pull the trigger on something like that personally. Um, I I don't know. I I would probably be holding at this point. The one exception I'll make is if you wanted to take a shot on like some young upside run running backs, like multiple young upside running backs for 
Dante Pettis, then I might be a little bit more intrigued. Um, right now, um, if you're looking straight up, um, wow, that was pretty good. I'm smarter than I remembered. All right, so Mark Ingram literally is the running back right before Dante Pettis. So he DLF has him as the 63rd. Mark Ingram is the 63rd overall player. Dante Pettis is 66. Right behind him, uh, Rashad Penny, Chris Carson, Tariq Cohen, Kenyon Drake. Um, so a couple of those players are interesting to me. Um, I do like Drake. Um, and I do like Tariq Cohen. So I'd consider it, especially if I was running back away. But I'd really, really interested in some guys like uh, if you could get maybe an Austin Eckler and a Justice Hill or something like that, I would I would maybe be trying to pull the trigger on two young upside players that maybe could supersede Pettis' value. So are you a Seinfeld guy? By chance, I am not. I mean, I've I've seen it, but I I would butcher a lot of like the popular quotes and stuff like that. Damn it! Okay, because they they do the Drake, you know, say so love the Drake or hate the Drake, you know. Who's Drake? He's a secondary character that's not important now. Okay, but so we'll move on. I thought they just like you know rappers that used to be on the Rossies. Wait, there's a rapper named Drake. You're joking, right? What? I don't listen to rap, and I'm old. Wait, you really don't know who Drake oh, is? Oh, snap. Uh, should I? He's been the most popular rapper for like the past like six, seven years. Yeah. Mike, this would be your theme song. Got a lot of enemies. <laughs> you always trying to fight somebody. You've probably heard some of his songs, honestly. Um, yeah, he's like his songs are constantly at the top of the charts. Oh, well, I don't pay attention to the charts, so. I don't listen to the radio either. I listen to podcasts, that's all. Hey. And now we listen to Baby Shark and Toon Disney. That that I'm with you on. Uh, So I do. Might cancel my cable real soon, that being said. (laughs) Uh, So the next question is from Dynasty Ali Al, and he's at Dynasty Nuts with a Z. (laughs) <laughs> who are you stashing if you're picking? Uh, some of these Twitter names are great. I love it. And he wants to know who are you stashing if you're picking one? Justin Jackson, Tony Pollard, or Bruce Anderson? Deep dive, Dynasty League. Chev, let's hear from you first on this one. Um, I'm probably going to go Tony Pollard just because, I mean, if the Zeke stuff still holds out, I mean, we still got a lot of time. But, I mean, if, he, if that holds out, he's got a good chance to possibly take over that backfield and I mean, he's probably going to be a committee at first, but, I mean, he has a chance to do that. Justin Jackson does as well, um, but I think Eckler, who is a great PPR back as well, will be in a committee there. Um, Bruce Anderson I haven't heard too much about, um, but I haven't listened too much to anything about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so uh, that might be a better one for Garrett to talk about. Garrett, well, do you want to tell us about Bruce Anderson? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't made a lot of noise yet. Um, we'll, we'll see. Uh Currently, the uh, Steelers-Buccaneers game is going on, so I have no clue what's happening in that game right now. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he does does anything, but I haven't heard anything big coming out of camp about him. Um, my pick would probably be Justin Jackson. Uh, we got to see a little bit from him last year, and I think of Zeke and Melvin Gordon, I think it's much, much more likely that there is a long-term deal for Zeke in place than there will be for Melvin Gordon. Um, I think either he just ends up playing out this year and then is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, or they end up trading Melvin Gordon or, or something along that line. I, I don't think at this point that Melvin Gordon will be a charger in 2020. 
So with that, if Justin Jackson does well, he has a chance to be the guy there. Now, Eckler is there in an extremely, extremely talented back, uh, but he is more of your PPR guy. We saw him kind of wear down at the end of the season, too. Justin Jackson is going to be more of your between-the-tackles guy. So I would probably go that route personally. Um, update on the Bruce Anderson situation. He has no carries tonight, but he does have one target with no catches. And Rojo, four carries, 18 yards. So look out, Rojo Nation. Um, all right, next question. Jonathan Alexander, at J with four underscores. You're killing me here. Um the underscores. I have two 2020 first rounders and I'm building for the 2020 season. I have Tyler Boyd, but I need two more young stud wide receivers. Which wide receivers should I be targeting to trade for? Or should I hold the 21st and get my wide receivers in the draft? I mean, if you're building for 2020, there's going to be a lot of studs coming out in that 2020 first round. So that's, that's a tough question. So let's go to Garrett. Let him answer it. (laughs) All right. So the question was 2021st or trade that for a young receiver? Yeah, young stud wide receivers. If he were to trade them, who should he target? I mean, I'm just going to throw out Mike Williams as one. Uh, Mike Williams would be a good one. I don't know that you'd be able to get Mike Williams for just a first. If you were able to, I'd be willing to do it. Um, It would also depend on – we've said this a couple times – is he that one piece away this year? Um, or because did he say he was rebuilding? What he's, he just said he is building for the 2020 season. So I'm assuming that that sounds like that, a rebuild. He's trying to be competitive next year. So, okay. um, yeah, honestly, a lot of these receivers in this class are really, really good. Um, I've talked about my love for JJ Arcega Whiteside multiple, multiple times, probably at nauseum for some people. Um, but that being said, I would have a hard time if, if JJ Arcego was a year younger, I would have a hard time fitting him in my first round projections for next year's class. Right. Um, that's, that's how good the class looks. And he's my number five prospect in this class. So I feel like you could get him cheaper than a first rounder right now too. Who JJ? Yeah. Oh yeah. For if it's the 2020 first you could probably get JJ and oh man, you could probably get JJ and then probably like a upside flyer. You, I wonder if you could get like a James Washington or somebody like that. Um, Couldn't hurt if, if you could pull off a deal like that. I'd I'd be willing to do it. It's it's all going to depend on how much your league has paid attention. So yeah. if your league's paid attention and they're buying the 2020 hype as they should. Um, then you can probably sell that pick for a lot. Um, and if that's the case, then it might be worth it. If not, if they haven't paid attention and they just think it's like any other draft, you're probably going to be better served just making the pick. Okay. Yep. Um, Go get C.D. Lamb. Yes. He looks like a stud too. Jalen Rager looks like a stud. Um, There's Jerry so Judy many looks dudes. Like a stud. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, so it's going to be crazy. That that startup we did, Garrett, uh, the kid in the – was yeah. it campus to Kenton? I had a guy. He's like Jalen Rager. I'm like, yeah. Well, he's amazing. I want him. I'm like, me too. Well, what do you want for him? And I'm like, um, well, we're gonna start the NFL side of it. Give me uh, T. Higgins and your like, whatever round pick. And then he just never responded to me. 
<laughs> I was like, well, I guess you don't want Jalen Rager that bad. Uh, but let's move on. And Chev, Nick Moyne, I think is how you say his last, his last name, at Nicholas Moyne. What should I expect back for OBJ? A lot. Yeah, you definitely, if you're trading him, you better get something that's equal value to him. I mean, if you if you didn't watch that drive last night of the Browns, I mean, I'm sure Garage is smiling <laughs> so big right now. I mean, oh, boy, that offense is going to be electric. You got Baker Mayfield there. Um, I would not trade OBJ. Um, if you do, you better get a bunch of assets back for him. Um, but... That offense is going to be explosive. I know he's been injured a lot in the last couple of years. So, I mean, barring injury, that dude's going to be amazing uh, with Baker in this offense this year. Nick Chubb mm-hmm. looks amazing too. So, I mean, that that I I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm, I'm just ready to watch that Arizona Cardinals-Cleveland uh, Browns game in December. All right. Well, yeah, I need to get my tickets. Yeah, you should Tell get what They're going game. up. <laughs> I know they are. So, by now. <laughs> by now so let's move on just because we're getting up against it on time here well here real quick i in my home league there was actually a trade that was made for obj um so this just gives like a a good reference point so obj for three firsts and two seconds wow so first yeah so it was a 2019 first a 2020 first a 2021 first and then two seconds in 2020 for obj oh so I mean, those seconds are going to be pretty good value too. Uh, I mean, as long as everybody comes out in the draft this next year. So absolutely. So Oof. that that seems like a a, a pretty. I, I think that's about where the value is. That's what the OBJ owner would want. I would yeah. probably take the pick side on that trade. I think it might be just a hair of an overpay. I um, agree. Yeah. But um, but still, I think that's roughly where the value is. So sorry for interrupting. We can continue on, but no, it, I think it's a good reference point. I do agree. Um, now, if he played 16 games every year, I think it would be spot on. He has had some injury concerns, but who knows? That could be corrected this year. So, Fantasy Squad at Fantasy Squad says there's a new Tyler in town. So, there Uh-oh. you go. Got another Tyler. And he wants to know how do you go about the scouting process and how do you see DK Metcalf is probably a worse pick than JJ or Sega Whiteside. Um, so, for me, you just kind of listen to who everyone's talking about. I watch a lot of film and I just use my eyeballs like, uh, you know, uh, we'll just compare the two. DK Metcalf is a one trick pony. Uh, he doesn't play a lot. He gets hurt a lot. Whereas JJ or Sega Whiteside is he's a red zone monster. He goes up. He high points better than a lot of other receivers I've seen. Um, he doesn't get hurt a lot and he could do just about anything you ask him to. So, uh, that's how I scout personally. Just, um, go based off what I've seen in the past and how can I apply it to this player? Uh, maybe Garrett does it differently. No, I mean, that's that's the general gist of it. Um, it's hard to – somebody asked me one day, like, hey, could you tell me how to break down film? I was like, that's, that's, that's tough, tough to just, like, tweet at you real quick and be like, oh, do it this way. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of nuance that goes into it. Um, but – Ultimately, when when if we're doing the Reader's Digest version, you take everything into consideration. You take um, what you've seen on tape, 
you take what the analytics tell you, you take uh, all of their combine metrics, you take their draft capital, you take their off the field, their character, their leadership, and you take what situation they're being drafted into and you put it all into a pot and that gives you roughly what you got. Yep. That's uh, that's pretty much it. You know, like, hey, well, he ran a great route here, but he, you know, if you're talking about a running back, well, now he just got blown up in, in pass coverage here. So, okay, mm-hmm. well, he does this well, but he doesn't do this well. So, and uh, let's hope that Chev gets back to writing some articles for somebody real soon. Bro, yes, I got to. I got to get but, my game back up. Until then, he can answer this next question from Kiefer Gordon, who's at Kiefer Gordon. Who's the better dynasty option, Tyler Boyd or O.J. Howard? And I was looking at this one for a while, and I'm kind of stumped on this one, to be honest with you. Um, for me right now, I think I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd, just because A.J. Green, you never know with his injury what's going to happen there. I mean, they don't have the most explosive offense. They could be down in a lot of games as well. So, I mean, uh uh, Boyd could get a lot of the targets there, uh, especially when A.J. Green's out at the moment. But, uh, I mean, it's definitely tough. O.J. Howard's a young player that has just had trouble staying on the field. Uh, that offense should be pretty electric this year other than the running back. I mean, we don't really know who's going to be there yet. Uh, but, I mean, you got Chris Godwin, you got Mike Evans. So, I mean, that's going to open up some holes uh, in the defense where O.J. Howard can kind of fit in there and kind of maybe snag uh, some big plays for him. Um, I do agree. I, I think I might like Boyd a little bit better. So, um, all right, let's move on to the next one. And next question gets the T-shirt. Okay, next Whoever question. Whoever it is. All right. Um, well, then I, I have a couple people here. I had to pick someone that, <laughs> that didn't order one already. So, um, here we go. This is Veli at Noah Veliser. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. My handwriting is not the best either. So, Thoughts on Balage hype? I went ahead and sold him. Trade details. He received an early 2022nd and Curtis Samuel, and he gave up Balage and Kelvin Harmon. You won that trade, my friend, boy, in my opinion. And you won a T-shirt. So and I you mean, won a T-shirt. Boy, you just killed it. Like, that is insane value. The 2021st or, or 2022nd early, like, there's going to be a bunch of dudes that are still going to be available um, as long as they come out in the draft, like, Definitely going to be set up there. And then Curtis Samuel, I definitely am looking for him to have a big year this year. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. I've, I've heard some whispers about Samuel. Um, and I've, you know, I bought a lot of shares of him in the offseason um, or, or even during the season last season and then into the offseason this year. Love, love, love Curtis Samuel. But I'm, I'm actually even starting to hear some whispers like, are we 100% sure DJ Moore is the one? I'm not saying that he's not. But yeah. are we 100% sure that he is? I've, I've heard some of that, too. I mean, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what goes on down there. I'm, I'm excited. I do genuinely like both players, so uh, it'll be fun to see how all that works out. But to answer the main part of that question, as far as the Blage hype goes, I think it's just hype right now, and I think the, the running back for the Dolphins is still in college. Mm-hmm. In Could be true, opinion. but uh, even, even to answer it for this year, Drake got the first uh, got the first reps in their game last night, so and he's no go. slouch either. Like last year, he put up good numbers too. So, I mean, if he he's he's not going early or anything like that either, so you can still get good value out of him. Right. Um, okay, so the next one is Rye King forty four at Rye King forty four. He has the fifth pick in a dynasty startup, twelve teams, super flex, tight end premium. 
He's going to go for Hopkins, Kamara, Zeke, or Thomas, round one. With the 20th pick, is that too far to reach for on Johnson? Don't love a lot of guys in the 20 to 30 range. Goff is his round three target. Aaron Jones, four, if he gets lucky. Um, I don't think that's too far to reach for on Johnson. Um, but I love me some carry-on. What do you guys think? Bad Jeff. So he's, he's kind of just predicting where they're going to go or, like, who he's going to be able to have there. He just wants to know if uh, the 20th overall pick is too far to reach for carry-on Johnson. Um, I would say probably not, but, I mean, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot better value there. Um. I don't know. Carryon Johnson is a great player. He plays against a lot of tough defenses in that division, so he plays them twice a year, so that's definitely tough. Um, it does help that Theo Riddick's out of there, though. So, I mean, he definitely has a chance to be great. Um, I don't even know who's going at that value right now, but um, I would say don't predict who you're going to draft. Like, go best available. Like, if Carryon's the best available you think's there, go for it, but don't I would say be careful of trying to predict who you're going to draft because that could get you in trouble. Yeah, I mean, so we're talking that pick is the 210 is would be the 20th overall pick. So, um, I mean, I would take carry on there personally. But it is super flex and tight end premium. So, yeah. I mean, I, like, like Chev says, I try not to map out my drafts too much. I just tier everything and I try to break it down by rounds. So you might want to be just a little bit more flexible. Because you never know what other people are going to do, too. So it could spoil your good time. Um, so who wants to answer the official fans question tonight? I think you should. You think I should? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, it's kind of a two-part question. He wants to know how... Well, actually, Chev has to probably answer this one. How do you think Kyler looked last night? Kyler Murray. Dude is electric. He's going to be He's gonna be a great asset for you to pick up, uh, whether it be your rookie draft or uh, if you're picking him up late in your startup. So... Uh, definitely don't be scared to pick him uh, if, if he's in your startup later on. I mean, he's going to be a guy that I think can definitely show off his talents, and he's in an offense that fits him super well. So, um, I mean, they're going to get more talent on the offensive line and in the upcoming season, so I wouldn't fret on that too much. But dynasty-wise, like, that's a guy that could be your quarterback for 10-plus years. So definitely, definitely like him. There you go. He looked good to shorten it down but when filling out your lineup each week in spots where you don't have a must start do you go with your gut or do you play with who has the better matchup um so if you want me to answer it i try not to overthink it too much and i go with my gut um that doesn't always work out but uh if you overthink matchups too much you just overthink everything and you play the wrong player so generally speaking that is what i do and that being said tyler i did send you a trade offer um, and you were messaging on Sleeper, and you didn't respond to the trade offer. So, you know, go with your gut and respond to it. So, um, all right, we got a couple more here, and this one is from Dynasty Tools at Dynasty Tools. Uh, they are a, a kind of a podcast friend of ours. Uh, if you haven't checked out Dynasty Tools, do yourself a favor and go do it. Shaq's a great guy. His co-host is awesome, too. Um, now that camp has begun, which of your takes from, say, May or June appear to be crumbling in the dust, and which of your takes from back then are looking brilliant so far? Um, dude, I can't remember what I had for breakfast. No, it was Berry Berry Kicks. That's what I had. So 
Um, <laughs> what? Did you ever have that? It's really good. I'm I'm sure it is. Yeah, and then it turns the the cereal or the milk like purple, and it's fun to drink it then. Okay. So moving on, okay. um, <laughs> I don't. Rem- I mean, the only take that I could really say, and it could still go either way, is I, I pretty boldly said that Dante Pettis is going to be the 49ers wide receiver one this year, and that's the jury's still kind of out on that one. Um, do you guys have any takes that you know of, possibly? I mean, I put I put crazy stuff out all the time. Yeah, Garrett's pretty active on Twitter, and he, you know he's got an opinion on a lot of different players. So it's it's probably hard for you to remember just one thing. I mean, I can I can I can name a few. Um, most of them most of them have looked pretty good so far. Um, so uh, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about uh, how bullish I was on uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside. Um, uh, a lot of like the. Uh, other guys that I've kind of gone to bat for, um, Raquel Armstead, Alexander Madison, a lot of those guys um, have done pretty well in camp and are getting opportunities. The Slayton news uh, looked really good. If he could just ever freaking get healthy, um, that would be great. Um, but the opportunity is absolutely there for him. The one that I'll say so far has looked like it has not panned out uh, was my boy Donta Foreman. Um, yeah, that, really that whole re- thing is weird. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, I I'm not ready to throw in the towel yet, um, especially um, since you know he went to a division rival. You know, you would assume that division rivals would would know him better than any other teams in the league. So I'm not ready to write it off. But I think uh, he's not. I don't think he's taking Max's job. Whereas I thought there was actually an opportunity for him to take Lamar Miller's job. So I think he's basically there just as a backup, um, similar running style. He's bigger. Um, but similar running style, not a great pass catcher as Marlon Back. So I think he would fit that role. Naheem Hines is basically unaffected by, by Foreman coming in. So uh, we'll see. It's not dead yet, but it doesn't look great right now. Okay. Um, so uh, the reason I didn't put Dante Foreman in the, in the news, I'm sure people had heard about that, you know, throughout the past week, got that hammered into their skull. I'm sure they heard a lot about. Um, Duke Johnson getting traded to the Texans. Um, the, before our last question of the week, the one thing I did want to touch on news-wise is Michael Crabtree in Arizona? Question mark. You know, he, he was there, then he wasn't. So I guess I'll sign for anything except for what you want to pay me. Didn't work out too well. <laughs> Chev, any thoughts on Michael Crabtree kind of sort of being an Arizona Cardinal? Uh, I probably would say they're probably not going to sign him, but... I mean, he'd be a good wide receiver to have. I mean, we got Kevin White though, so I'm riding, oh, Kevin, I'm riding the Kevin White train again. Let's go, guys! Well, don't ride it too hard. It's very brittle. <laughs> you know? The battery's yeah. dead on that one too. Dude, the battery is definitely <laughs> it's been removed. Is what's happened there. Um, so the last question of the week then is actually from my brother-in-law Vinny, who should be more concerned about um, his pregnant wife right now, Vinny. Um, but he basically just wants to know uh, if we could look at his roster and are there moves to be made and places he can improve. So I'm pulling up his roster right now. His starters, and I'll run through it quick. He has Goff, Zeke, Mixon, Hopkins, Landry, Kittle, Sony Michelle, Keenan Allen, uh, the Texans kicker, and then uh, he's got some pretty good IDP players too. Um, on the bench, he has Baker Mayfield. He's got Rain Prescott. Does have McKinnon. 
And then I'm just going to point out some notable guys. It does have Dante Foreman, Peyton Barber. Um, he also has Daryl Williams from the Kansas City Chiefs. Chris Godwin, Kumaro, Devontae Parker, Edelman, Shepard, Kirk, Howard, and Joku. And he does have Josh Gordon on injured reserve. And taxi squad is Lamar Jackson and Antonio Callaway, who has been suspended four games for violating the league's substance policy. Um, so personally, he should trade me Mixon, and he should trade me Kittle, and... Uh, Blake Martinez, his linebacker. Uh, I mean, he does have a solid roster. This is the league that I was talking to you guys about that has the one guy who just trades for you know, all the, the best players possible, so kind of makes it hard to win anything. Um, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? It's kind of hard for me because I'm biased because I have to play against him. So. Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely a very, very good team. Um there, there did seem to be a little bit of, if I remember right, a little bit of lack of depth at running back. That would be the only thing that would be somewhat of a concern for me. What, what was his running backs again? Well, the main concern right now is he's got Zeke, who we don't know how that's going to play out. Right. Um, he does have Sony Michelle, who's okay. had some injury concern. And then on his bench, he's got McKinnon, who's injured still, and Dante Foreman, who's switching teams. Peyton Barmer, Barber, who looks very replaceable in Tampa Bay. So I would agree. I'd say some depth would be needed at the running back position. So a move I would look to make, um, and I've talked about this potential move on a lot of podcasts, um, I would actually be looking to move Keenan Allen. You have Chris Godwin on your bench right now. Um, Keenan Allen is a great player. It's no knock against Keenan Allen, arguably the best route runner in the, in the league. Um, but he's – He's had two straight seasons where his target rate seems unsustainable to me, um, and it was mostly just due to they really had no other options. But with Mike Williams coming back, uh, with Hunter Henry coming back, um, I think that they're going to absorb a lot of targets. And he had 159 and 136, I think, in the past two seasons. I see that number dipping a little bit. And also in the last season, a career high in catch, uh, catch percentage. So if that normalizes... I just don't see I just don't see any room for him to improve. Um, so best case scenario he maintains. Worst case scenario, and I think probably the most likely scenario, he decreases. Uh, even Philip Rivers, uh, before Keenan Allen, uh, in these past two seasons, never had a guy since '05 that had over 121 targets. So I I think that's going to go in the the wrong direction for Keenan Allen. So I would look to sell high now and maybe pick up you know, another receiver and a running back that could be a good depth piece, a starter, um, something like that. So that's kind of the move I would look to make. Okay. Well, there you go, Vinny. Um, got it all laid out for you. Just touch on a couple things here uh, before we head out. Um, Andy Reid said today that the Chiefs will use running back by committee. Um, so for all those um, Kansas City running back truthers out there, Good luck with that. And the Colts are confident that Andrew Luck will be ready for week one. He better so, be. Yeah, I know. I got a bunch of shares of Andrew Luck all over the place. Um, it's kind of a weird injury, too. What, it's calf or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that's our the quote-unquote bulk of our show today. Uh, thank you, everybody, for the awesome listener questions. I uh, had a lot of good ones. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it. But 
before we head out, um, quick little rewind fact for you. Did you know that players were not required to wear helmets in the NFL until the year 1943? That's when it became mandatory. Fitting, uh, fitting rewind fact. What? Why? Because of Antonio Brown and his helmet. Oh, yeah. Actually, I didn't even put that together. You Sorry. didn't do that on purpose? Well, you know what he, no, I did not, actually, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> come on, I've been up since 5 a.m. What do you guys want from me? That is wild. Hey, you know what? You're just, you're just smarter than you even knew you were. I'm going to take that compliment and say thank you, Garrett. That was very nice of you. You're very uh, but welcome. He, sh- he should wear one of those old leather helmets. Like, <laughs> if you... <laughs> You think he's throwing a fit about this. Can you imagine that dude having to like, okay, real quick, just to get off on a tangent. Did you read all of who was it? Uh, There was some beat reporter that like laid out this whole like 18 tweet thread. Did you read that whole thing? I did not. Okay. So apparently multiple times he tried to sneak onto the field with the unapproved helmet. And the one time he like painted it himself. No. (laughs) Oh yeah, and I guess like it was close, but like you could tell it was like a little off. <laughs> I gotta see this helmet. Oh, I I, I, I hope man. there's a picture somewhere. I really hope there's a picture somewhere. I mean, if this is setting him off, can you imagine what it's gonna be like when the Raiders go four and twelve this year? Oh, jeez, <laughs> he's gonna go berserk. Oh man, maybe he should have gone to Buffalo. I hate Buffalo's looking up, but then again, you know, Oakland they'll be all right. They're Oakland. They got Josh they got, Jacobs. They'll be fine. They got Grudog, too, so they're good. Um, but before we head on out, Chev, I believe you have a verse for us this week. Yes, sir. So this one's going to be coming out of Matthew six thirty four, And it says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, I mean, for me, uh, Definitely with the job I have, I'm working a bunch of hours. Um, I, I just need to focus more on what on today rather than the day that's coming. So um, just know that God's got you and that he's going to put you in the right positions day to day. Uh, and you don't have to worry about tomorrow because he knows the plans he has for you. So uh, that's what I got for tonight. Yeah, buddy. All right, Chef, good stuff. Like always, Garrett, thanks for hanging out. And thank you to everybody that hung out with us for Uh, about 70 minutes tonight Um, again all the great questions we love them feel free to keep them coming we might not always do a listener question show but uh, we'll try to get as many on as we can and uh, until next week be kind please rewind Uh, actually before i head out where can we find everybody on twitter (laughs) i'm sorry yeah i'm sorry it's been a long day we're (laughs) you can find me at the mbauer85 you can follow the show at dynasty rewind chev where can we find you you can follow me at Chef Boyardee, boy with an I. Garrett? At Dynasty Price. All right. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next week.